1: ny or text hope ny in new
2: york welcome on into the wolverine.com podcast clayton Safi, alongside my partner anthony broom chris ballas not able to make it today hopefully get him back for our monday live show six o'clock on our youtube channel and in our podcast feed but for those that are joining us thank you very much for watching on youtube or listening on the audio feed make sure to like this video Uh, on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, help us grow there. We're well over now 21,000 subscribers, uh, and we appreciate everybody for joining the community there. We're also at thewolverine.com. $29.99 gets you premium access to our message board, all of our premium articles, insider updates, behind-the-scenes scoop on Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting until August 31st. Uh, So that's basically, what, 70-ish percent off but every day that you that goes by without signing up becomes a worse deal. So it's the best it'll it'll be right now. Uh, we're also uh, working on some new promos coming up here for Spring Ball, which is uh, in eleven days. Anthony, um, crazy to think. And
3: first of all, how's it going? It's good. It's good. Um, been a been a week. Been been a crazy week, but. Uh, you know, coming off of that game Wednesday night at, at Chrysler Center, the, the mood is high, and it sets something up. Uh, it, it set up games with stakes down the stretch, and given where this team was even just a little over a week ago, it's kind of added some juice to this basketball season. So I, I feel good spring football right on the horizon as well, 11 days out as we sit here and record here on a Thursday, so things are well.
2: With spring football, like, there's so many established guys coming back on this team. But also there are plenty of young guys that I'm excited to talk to, figure out how they're doing, you know, talk to the coaches about that sort of thing. So tons of anticipation for spring ball. Uh, Excited to talk about all that when it comes about, they're going to do a week starting February 20th. They're going to take a week off for spring break. Like they did it a year ago and in years past, and then keep going after that all the way until the April one spring game, which they announced that date, I believe last Friday. So uh, Michigan on top of things, man. That's about as early as I've seen them release a spring game date. Things are uh, things are moving here, and uh, it'll be fun to watch. Um, we're going to talk about basketball in just a second. Just got a couple quick hitting football items to get to. Chris Partridge, as we've talked about on about every show this week, is officially on Michigan staff, first reported by Matt Zenitz of on three. But the Wolverines put out a press release. He is officially on the staff. That's about all they said. Um, He's excited to be back. He released a statement. Jim Harbaugh also released a statement talking about how he's excited to bring back Chris and his wife and the the kids and everything like that. But they did not specify the role that Chris Partridge will be in um, on the staff. And, you know, so we're still kind of waiting for that shoe to drop, so to speak, as to who's going to leave. Because you have 10 assistants on the field right now and you got to figure out what to do with that whole thing. I mean, he has experience doing linebackers, safeties, special teams. So he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades a little bit on the defensive side. Has also coordinated the Ole Miss defense there. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think we have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen here. uh, But, you know, can't quite share all the details just yet. But I think a lot of people that have been paying attention understand probably what's going to happen here.
3: Yeah. I mean, out of respect for the process, that sounds like such a canned thing to say, but uh, you do just kind of have to let it play out. There are some lingering jobs still open across college football. Obviously coaching staffs are being put together in the NFL as well. So uh, there are still opportunities out there to be had for someone who decides to move on uh, from, from Michigan's program. So as far as Partridge goes, I mean, I feel like we we've talked about it at length at this point. He is a, uh, an ace recruiter. He is a guy that uh, was actually Michigan special teams coordinator before Jay Harbaugh stepped into that role. So he's a guy that knows football, and it's someone who I think this was part of the conversation that you and I had the other day. Uh, he was a find by Jim Harbaugh for a guy that, or for for a program and a coaching staff. Harbaugh has found guys before. Uh, and it's why we feel good about you know, his decision to just elevate Kirk Campbell instead of going elsewhere, um, you know, promoting from within or or keeping within the family. And also, you know, the value of, we talked about this too, the value of not burning bridges and uh, like a, like a Josh Gaddis did. So yeah, it's a good move. I think that uh, it remains to be seen what it, what his recruiting chops will look like when, you know, now that NIL is involved and, and you've got some other things going on in college football, but yeah, I mean, anytime you can bring in someone qualified, I mean, they, you know, assuming that Partridge comes in and slides into the defensive staff, you know, you've got, uh, you know, you, you have, you have clink scale, you've got Jesse Minter, you've got Mike Elston, you've got Chris Partridge, who's now been a defensive coordinator in the sec. Um, it's about as well-rounded a defensive coaching staff as you could possibly ask for. In addition to uh, Jay Harbaugh and, and, you know, the other guys that are there as well. So like the hire um, always felt like there was going to be a path for him to wind back up at Michigan at some point and, and glad to see it. Uh, someone who's beloved in that, in that building. And I think we'll do a really good job relating to these players. Okay.
2: I want to move on to a guy that we didn't talk about a lot last year when he was a freshman, but has made some waves this week with a video released on social media by Will Johnson. Michigan's sophomore to be cornerback uh, of his fellow classmate Amorian Walker, who is a six foot three. Um, don't know his exact weight. What is he? 180, 190? He's he's kind of a you know wiry dude who started his career at wide receiver here at Michigan, as expected. But I think everyone kind of knew he had the capability and the potential to play on the defensive side of the ball. You know, a lot of other schools were looking at him as a defensive back. Michigan was one of those schools, but also afforded him the opportunity of, of starting out at wide receiver, which I believe he preferred coming in. And, and that's you know, backed up by a lot of reporting during his original recruitment. But now he, you know, he played both ways last year. He was switching the jerseys from number four to number one, played a little bit of corner and saw time there during practice, uh, was working at both, mostly receiver when I talked to him at the bowl game. Um, but he said, we'll see, you know, let's let's figure out what my position is going to be. Um, he runs a three cone drill that was recorded by Will Johnson, and I believe Hutch, our, our great producer, uh, has that here. So the people on YouTube can watch it right here. Ridiculous 6.10 time, hand timed by Ben Herbert. So you have to uh, you have to keep that in mind. But there were a couple of people on our message board that said they pulled out timers, and maybe it was just on their phones. But and they said it wasn't that far off. It doesn't look that far off. And this acceleration is just absolutely absurd when he rounds that corner. Um, Amorian Walker, kind of a freak. I think he could be a guy that ends up on the athletics freak list, uh, Anthony. Uh, but I also just find him as one of the most interesting guys of the off season because there is a spot opposite of Will Johnson at the cornerback spot, you know, something we've talked a ton about, are they going to bring in a transfer? We know they've tried to, um, you know, but is it going to be a guy like him that maybe takes hold of that spot or is he one of those guys that steps up at wide receiver in the absence of Ronnie Bell and and you know some production that they need there. So, first of all, your reaction
3: to that video and just how wild it was, and then your thoughts on Amari on Walker. Yeah, I, I won't say not surprising because you see you know you see those numbers on video and you see him do that on video and you're like, okay, wow, I, there's something to this. It's not just the straight line speed, right? So, yeah, I mean, he is a guy that. I'm starting to get the sense and this is where you trust Michigan's coaching staff here too. And that, you know, Jim Harbaugh and his has a really good feel of where to put guys given what their skill set is. And, you know, we've seen it with Mike Sainer still, we've seen it with um, Mike Barrett has moved a number of spots. Uh, We've seen it with other guys over the years. Uh, You know, I'm starting to, I don't think it's, there are people who have asked, you know, is it so crazy that a guy that's, 64 uh, would play cornerback and I would say I would tell you to look at the NFL I mean there it seems like there's more guys now than ever that are coming out at 62 63 64 and playing corner and and doing it at a high level uh, Tariq Woolen a guy from the Seattle Seahawks is someone who sticks out in that regard so that's what I was could see it you know? yeah and um you know I could I could see it happening it, this this is where you know I think there were some people who were kind of freaked out a little bit because they didn't address the cornerback position through the transfer portal. Or at least they haven't yet. Again, we know that they were in on guys. We know that there were guys they were looking at, but I think that there's there's a lot to be gained by letting it play out with the guys that are there already. Uh seeing what Amorian Walker can do. Um you know seeing what uh seeing what Miles Pollard and Jaden McBurrows are capable of. So, you know, from that perspective, uh, you know, where does he fit best? I I, I don't know. I, I tend to believe that the numbers game probably favors him a little bit more at cornerback uh, to be frank with you. So, uh, and there's, again, don't get me wrong. There are intricacies you have to learn at cornerback, but also wide receiver. There's a lot more technically precise things you have to do. um, And also you have to get out there and block as well. So could I see a Morian Walker at corner? I I could, I'm I'm actually starting to feel like things might be trending that way, but we'll Mm -hmm. see how spring football goes. But you, you, you put that on video and that raises an eyebrow and and you bring up Bruce Feldman's freaks list. I mean, that's an early contender right there. I mean, that's, that's just insane to move at that rate. Like watching one clip too, makes me just want to
2: watch a ton more clips of winter conditioning, especially when they're doing these testing. I want to see what other guys are running. I want to see, you know, the forties. I want to see the shuttles. I want to see the three cones. I want to see the Broad jump, you know, uh, and because we do know Michigan does a lot of that combine stuff, so those guys can have numbers out there. Um, Jim Harbaugh is fantastic at that sort of thing and, and disseminating that to, you know, potentially scouts. I mean, they they did a virtual combine back in 2020 to just showcase their players to uh, NFL teams and sent out the film stuff like that. But I would love to uh, either be a fly on a wall on the wall in Glick Fieldhouse or just see those clips out there. And I know there are obviously. You know, tons of reasons why programs don't do that. But it was cool that Will Johnson shared that. I wonder if he got in trouble at all for that. But (laughs) uh, (laughs) probably not. Um, But, yes, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. I I agree with you. I think my prediction would be we see Amorion Walker play more defense than offense or maybe exclusively defense next fall. But we'll see. I think this spring is going to be big for determining that for him. And uh, he's kind of one of those guys I talked about at the top that is going to be really fun to follow throughout the offseason because he is such a kind of a freak. And there are limited, you know, uh, or limitless, you know, possibilities for what you can do with them. Let's move on to basketball with uh, Michigan getting three straight wins. Before we do that, though, I want to talk about our great sponsors, Prize Picks. It is basketball season, and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports, and just pits you against the numbers. At Prize Picks, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you like to watch. This includes NFL, we got the big game coming up, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA. Esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and many more. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any. Entry, uh, this week, I'm going to go with a little Thursday night hoops action. Purdue against Iowa. I got Zach Eady, more than 23.5 points. I don't think Iowa's going to be able to contain him in the post. Really, nobody can, but Iowa is a terrible defensive team. And then I have uh, Iowa guard Tony Perkins, who just went off for 32 points the other the other day against Illinois. I uh, believe his number is at 10.5 what is it yeah there we go ten and a half more than that uh ring it up he's gonna he's gonna have a nice game anthony you got any picks
3: this week i do uh i have been locked in a little bit more to nba this year as we've discussed on here before i'm gonna go with a thursday night nba double dip here uh with our friends over at prize picks i'm going with zach levine more than 25 and a half points Against the new look, Brooklyn Nets, who in the last week have traded both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Uh, I think that Levine is probably going to cook them as a result of that. And then sticking with a Michigan guy, uh, Franz Wagner, uh, against the Denver Nuggets on Thursday night. I'm actually going less than 18 and a half points for him. Uh, so more than 25 and a half for Zach Levine and less than 18 and a half for Franz. The Franz disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so download the Prize Picks app or visit
2: PrizePicks.com. Sign up using the code Wolverine to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50. Don't forget that is the Prize Picks app or PrizePicks.com and the code Wolverine. Um, let's talk Wolverines basketball, Anthony, with um, a huge. Maybe not a huge win over Nebraska, but a huge win in the sense that you couldn't lose that game, really, and make the NCAA tournament with an at-large bid, unless you really won the the remainder of your games in the regular season at least and maybe had to do some damage in the Big Ten tournament. But you avoid disaster there, and, and quite decisively so with the 21-point win. Offense was absolutely cooking uh, with 93 points um you know and a lot of that they had six players in double figures that's the most they've had in double figures in a game this season all five starters including terrence williams that was his fifth double figure game you score 1.3 points per possession that's your second best showing of the season against a nebraska team that's not a bad defensive team like that is a really bad nebraska team but it's not that bad on defense they've had issues scoring the ball it's not great on defense either i mean they're I think they were hovering around 50. There were 47 coming in on Ken Palm's defensive efficiency, but if you looked at those numbers over the last month or so, they've really gone down. They've been dealing with a bunch of injuries, but still, to do that against that team that tried to zone zone you up in the beginning of the game and the beginning of the second half, and you absolutely shred it, I think was impressive. And Michigan did what it had to do against a team that it had to beat, and you know that's basically kind of you know how I feel about that game are there concerns coming out of it? Absolutely. Especially on the defensive side, but what was your takeaway from Wednesday night's uh, 93 to 72 win over Nebraska? Uh,
3: I, I think for the most part, it looked the way it was supposed to. I know that there was some consternation over the fact that they let a big lead slip away, but yeah, you know, ba- college basketball is a 40 minute game. Uh, basketball itself is a game of runs. And to me, I've said this numerous times on here. The only thing that matters to me is what happens next. You know, if you blow a big lead um, and then come out of a timeout and that continues to happen, that's an issue. But it seemed like every time that Nebraska got uh, at least made things uncomfortable, this team punched back and and found a way and, you know, they were up 41, 17 and Hunter Dickinson haven't hadn't even had an offensive touch or not, not a touch. I should say, hadn't had a shot attempt. So when that type of stuff is going on, you're having a good night at the office. And uh, again, no one's going to sit here and act like a Nebraska game is going to turn around your season. But it's the first time since the start of the year that you've had three straight wins. It sets up a massive, massive game on Saturday against Indiana, which Ken Palm basically as a, co- as a coin flip game, I would say that's a must win for you. Uh, we're looking at a scenario now where, uh, there was a, a stat sent in from TeamRankings.com earlier today that said, you know, if Michigan finds a way to get to 19 wins and that's including uh, what they would be able to do in the NC or in the conference tournament, they'd be about 84% likely to make the NCAA tournament, which uh, you'd take that right now. Uh, now in order to get 19 before the end of the regular season, you're looking at going five and two down the stretch. I think that's a bit, It feels ambitious. I don't think it's out of the question, but you know, this is a, this is a game Saturday where you get to see if this turnaround is sustainable or not. Um, You know, we talked to Will Cheddar after the game and uh, I asked him what's been the different, you guys have talked sense of urgency, literally all season. What's been the difference after over the last week. And he said, well, you there in what you just said lies the key. We've been talking about it all season Uh, coming off that Penn state game. They feel like they've actually started to know how desperate their situation is and put the work in uh, as a result of it. So three really good wins coming off of that. Uh, Indiana's huge. Uh, next week you'll go to Wisconsin. That's a winnable game. And then you get Michigan State at home. This There's a chance this thing can keep rolling here. And again, um, if this team finds a way to play its way back onto the NCAA tournament bubble, it will have earned its way there. And given the way that this season started and and, um, really not just how it started, how it's been for, you know, three fourths of the way so far to be able to earn your spot is, I think that would almost say more than, you know, if, if they had just coasted the whole way Uh, they've done it. Juwan's done a really nice job of keeping these guys bought in and on track and on board, you know, coming off that Penn state loss. I mean, that is, you're sitting at 11 and 10 and things could go any way from there uh, because that schedule after that is pretty tough and it still could go either way. Uh, They're still only projected to finish somewhere between 16 and 15 and and 17 and 14. But if you just keep stacking good days, you're going to give yourself a chance. And in the here and now, I think that's all they can really ask for. Quick tangent about the whole like back on the bubble and that sort of
1: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
0: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
2: I've fallen into that trap as well, but I was talking to the legendary Steve Kornacki last night who's doing work now for the Toledo Blade and has been all over, including that mgoblue.com and you know with the team and all that sorts of stuff. And we were saying, like, just how ridiculous the bracketology business is right now, where it's like everyone has a bracket. Basically, every national analyst has a bracket and analysts. Sometimes you could use that term lightly. No offense to anyone out there. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, Michigan's dead at 10 and 10. And like, you know, everyone's projecting stuff out, but you're you're always dead until you're not. You're always a lock in the NCAA tournament until you're not. You know, there's no bracket till mid-March, till after the, you know, I think March 12th is the day that we're going to get the bracket. It's like, you're still alive. Michigan has proven that. Michigan proved it last year. When they were 10 and 8, everyone was saying, there's just no way. I mean, you lost to uh, UCF and, you know, you had some bad losses in there. They didn't have quite the disaster that is the Central Michigan loss. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. But, I, I mean, I agree that they're giving themselves a chance here. Uh, A couple of other notes from Wednesday night is Hunter Dickinson uh, according to Jet Howard was a little under the weather and has been for a couple days. So they were trying to, and this probably explains some of the, maybe for lack of a better term, like lack of activity from Hunter Dickinson early on in that game. He did have two assists in the first several minutes, but uh, the fact that he didn't have to take shots is uh, Juwan Howard was telling guys, Hey, we don't want Hunter to have to do everything in this game. You guys got to help him out. And boy, did they with, with what you said, the 41 points in however many minutes that was, what was it like 12 minutes ish that they got up to 41 or whatever it was, 12, 14 and Hunter Dickinson hadn't ad- attempted a shot is crazy. So they did a good job of that, but hopefully Hunter from, from a Michigan standpoint will be healthy for Saturday's huge showdown with trace Jackson Davis, who's been playing fantastic basketball. And so is Indiana. That's kind of where I wanted to go next is this Indiana team that is red hot. They've won seven out of eight, Uh, This would be easily a quad one win for Michigan. Um, You dig into Indiana a little bit, though, and you see this stretch coinciding with a stretch that included a lot of home games. And one of the three road games was against Minnesota. Uh, Your other road win was a really quality one at Illinois. But I do feel like this is kind of happening in the Big Ten this year where teams are going on these streaks, and a lot of them are winning at home. I wrote that article last week where – nearly 70% uh, win percentage for home Big Ten teams during conference play. That's pretty crazy. It would be the highest ever out of the last 20 years. So, um, you know, part of me thinks that this Indiana team is going to be different on the road like every other Big Ten team is. Now, maybe they have turned a corner, and that's kind of what we're wondering about Michigan too, right? Is is this real? Did they actually turn a corner, or are they just playing the right teams right now? You know, if you look at the three wins they've had, it's not the craziest thing in the world that they went to – Northwestern in one beat a reeling Ohio state team and then took care of Nebraska. But we have seen some tangible improvement. Uh, but a couple numbers on Indiana that I think stand out to me is during this last month where they've really gone on that tear, winning seven out of eight, they're shooting 39.4% on threes. They're also tearing it up in the paint, which is kind of their game with trace Jackson Davis, race Thompson. Uh, they have an outstanding freshman in Jalen hood, Shafino who is going to be a lottery pick. I think, um, but they're only 31.9% on threes on the road this season. Uh, they don't shoot a lot of them again. They rely on kind of that inside presence. But uh, we'll see and it's going to be a rock in chrysler center I think. We've said that a few times. Maybe haven't hasn't lived up to it especially Sunday against Ohio State and then you had the 6:30 tip against Nebraska on Wednesday which didn't really live up to the hype there. Apparently the announcers including Robbie Hummel they were they were saying Joking that, you know, they should probably whisper because it's so quiet in there. That's not a great look for the Chrysler center crowd. Um, but your thoughts on Indiana, I've caught them a few times over the last couple of weeks. They're playing better. And, and another thing on that road, the home road thing for Indiana, amidst this, this big stretch for them, they laid an egg last week at Maryland. I know Maryland's like the best team at home anyone's ever seen. It's just ridiculous the difference between that team on the home and at home and on the road. But it, it gives me a little bit of you know, plausibility that I think Michigan has a good chance. I think Ken Palm has him as a one-point underdog, but I could see this one going Michigan's way.
3: Yeah, I'll speak first to the atmosphere. I mean, uh, heres I just looked this up. This is wild. This is only the second Saturday home game that Michigan has had all season, with the other being a game against Lipscomb. Which so, I love, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> so Saturday, to attend all these. Yeah. a Saturday at 6 o'clock, there should be – there should be no excuses for not having that place full. I believe I saw it's a sellout. So, um, yes. and knowing what's on the line, um, and I guess we're kind of building up what's on the line uh, for those who aren't in the know this is uh, Michigan season is, is not by any means over if they lose this game, but if they win this game, I mean, that could be, now you're talking four games in a row, which is something they haven't done this year yet. Um you know, heading into a big, you know, another big week next week. Like I said, at uh, Wisconsin, you get Michigan state at home, another Saturday home game. So you'll, you haven't had one in, um you know, almost two months here and you get two of them two weeks in a row. Uh, yep. Yeah. I, I think that Indiana is there to be had. Uh, I really do. I, I like, I like the pieces of their team. Uh, and again, you know, Hunter Dickinson, trace Jackson Davis, it's another one of those, um, you know, uh, good on good or great on great center matchups that, uh, you know, he's been involved in. And a lot of these other guys, um, you know, like, like against Kentucky, like against North Carolina, um, you know, against Purdue, the other guy has gotten, has gotten the better of Hunter Dickinson at times. So that's, that's the matchup. uh, That's the matchup of the day. But again, uh, right now, the thing that intrigues me the most about the game is that it's two teams playing, um, playing their best, you know, obviously, Indiana's is the seven of eight games. Michigan's is three in a row. But you got two teams playing some really good basketball right now, um, coming up against each other. And again, uh, you know, if Michigan can find a way to get this one, it will be. Uh, and this is a recent development. Uh, it would actually be potentially their third quad win, uh, quad one win of the year. That Maryland game from a, a couple months back has, has aged very well, and that Pittsburgh game might be aging fairly well as well. So maybe the the resume is kind of getting better on its own there. But if you can find a way to get this one against Indiana, like I said, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I still remember you know, this is a team that last year they had, they had Indiana on the ropes in the big 10 tournament and then blew a huge lead. And I know a lot of the pieces are, are, are different from this for this Michigan team, but don't think for a second, that's not on the mind of guys like T- uh, Terrence Williams and Hunter Dickinson. And some of those guys who are around, last year as well. So kind of a revenge game in a sense too. I think that Chrysler will be rocking. I think that it will be probably the best atmosphere of the year to this point. And like I said, uh, I'm excited that Michigan has played well enough to give themselves the opportunity for this game to matter. And like I said earlier on, uh, I think that's all you could really ask for. Yeah. Terrence Williams has a, has a big matchup too against race Thompson
2: in this game. I thought he played one of his best games yesterday uh as well but yeah you're right I mean I've been thinking about that game today a little bit the the one that we were both in Indy for for and then we had a nice steak dinner I think after but we were all just miserable because the run was like it looked like they were gonna do something there for that weekend and it was gonna be another fun weekend in Indianapolis something we've experienced quite a bit um but literally Devontae Jones is just like falling down and just losing the ball and Indiana's just scoring that was one of the more unbelievable things I've ever seen. I think Indiana won by what, close to 10 points, right? Which is just yeah. makes it yeah. even like they didn't win on a buzzer beater. It was like a comeback and then they just dominated
3: the, the rest of the game. So that was, that was it absurd. 74 uh, 69, but okay, at five one point, points. how much did Michigan lead by in that game? I'd have to look it up, but um, Michigan's largest lead in that game was 60 to 43 with 11 minutes to play. And they lost by five. That so doesn't make go. any sense. That doesn't make any sense. So, not to relive
2: bad memories but yeah i agree michigan's going to have a chance here i'm really torn and i haven't decided yet on what I'm, what i'm going to pick for my preview and prediction article um, part of me's like this just feels like it's going to happen but part of me's also like i don't know indiana's better and it just maybe michigan's setting people up for disappointment i i don't want to quite go there yet because i do think they have a good chance in this game but it'll be really really interesting uh to see and it's it's pretty much not a I I'm always like you're always the must-win guy and I'm always the guy pushing back on it so it's kind of an old shtick but like part of me is like they lose this one if they could win at uh, at Wisconsin and then win at against Michigan State next Saturday then they're kind of in a similar spot than people are projecting them but um I'm not I saying did. don't
3: win it it's as important I, as a game can get in in the regular season. I feel like when we do that it's more it's more me saying I'd rather have the bird in the hand of the one that's next as opposed to going, well, they could still do this this and this. Like sure. Go, sure. go have your cake and eat it too. Um that's fair. You know, set, set yourself up for something. So we'll see. I mean, like I said, it's not by definition it's not a must win, but it 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 is it does feel like one where um you know, we get to at the very least, we get to track how far this team has come in, you know, just a little over a week, which is exciting. I think they've earned that opportunity. Um, we'll see if we'll see we'll see what's changed because there's been, um, you know, it's been a nice it's been a nice three game win streak. But again, we're talking about a Northwestern team that played five games in eleven days. We're talking about a putrid Ohio State team, and we're talking about a putrid Nebraska team. So now you get to play a good team. And at least you look at Kempom, arguably the best team that they'll see the rest of the way. So uh, I, they've earned the opportunity to show us how far they've come and, and go from there. Indiana's a potentially dangerous team coming down the pike here.
2: Uh, Xavier Johnson apparently is going to come back. He was hurt earlier in the season, but that would help them on both ends from the point guard position. Hood Shafino's kind of been thrust into that role. But they're a dangerous team. Michigan and a lot of these other teams are lucky that they're getting Indiana right now without uh, – and, and maybe he's back for that game on the last day of the regular season, but uh, without Xavier Johnson because he is he's, hes a really good point guard. Um, okay, let's finish basketball talk there. And real quick before we go, I want to talk about the Super Bowl because Michigan has four guys in there – or the big game. Can we call it the Super Bowl? I'm just kidding. Um, Frank Clark, Chad Henney, Michael Dana on the Kansas City Chiefs, Brandon Graham – on the Eagles looking for his second title. Uh, It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a close game. I don't know what's going to happen in this game, but Frank Clark, he's now third all time with 13 postseason sacks, which is just nuts. He's trailing Willie McGinnis with 16, Bruce Smith with 14 and a half. Mahomes is a little banged up. Maybe Chad Henney makes a return like we saw him a few weeks ago in the divisional round. Who knows? And then Mike Dana's kind of been an X factor for them at times this year. Brandon Graham having one of his best seasons at age 34, That He set his uh, career high with sacks this season. So Michigan guys making impacts in the Super Bowl for a ninth straight season. A Michigan player will win the Super Bowl. That is quite the streak, uh, regardless of what happens here. One of them, at least, will come home with the victory. Anthony, I have two questions for you. Who wins between the Eagles and the Chiefs in Arizona and two what are you gonna be eating during the Super Bowl? What's your favorite uh Super Bowl, you know, kind of snack or appetizer
3: or whatever? Uh the answer to the snack question is any anything and everything that will be available <laughs> to me. Um, whether it's it's the the pizza, the wings, the I think the party I'm going to will have a taco bar. I'm making a beer Ooh. cheese. So like should be a, a cornucopia of of snackage, uh, where I'll be. As far as who wins it, I'll say this. I love Chad Henney, but um, if we see him play, that's not good news for the team that I am picking to win. I think the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. How about this? Um, of the four Wolverines that are there, edge rusher you. Just those three guys, all pass rushers, all from different yeah. eras, of course. Uh, Brandon Graham, uh, big fan of his, obviously, for being the bright spot on some of those, uh, or at least on, on the one the one Rich Rod team. Was, was, was he on just the one, the 2008 team? I forget if he was on two thousand nine. I think
2: so, yes. He was on that but. team that he had the the huge hit on uh what's the running back from Michigan State? I think in overtime. They obviously lost that game, but yeah, he yeah. was that's how I remember he was on that team, but I think that was his only Rich Rod team. Thank God for, for Brandon yeah. Graham's sake. I mean
3: awesome. I love that guy. Um but I do think I do think the Chiefs will win. Uh, I feel like Pat Mahomes has some whatever Whatever he's using to rehab his ankle, I would love some of that for the entire my body. Pain cream from Rogue Shop. Yeah, shout out to Rogue Shop, our, our pals for the Monday night show. Um, it just, I, I feel like, I don't know, it's that's where I'm leaning. I think we're going to get points. I think there will be some, uh, there'll be some good defensive plays, but I do think this is going to be one where the over hits. So, um, if you're looking to Ride with me or hedge on what I pick, I would have the Chiefs and the over in this game. Okay. And the most cliche thing of all
2: time I think this game's going to be won or lost at the line of scrimmage. It's such a cliche, but there are some game records on each side Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Brandon Graham uh, on the Eagles side, uh, Reddick for, for Philadelphia. So we'll see. I also have the Chiefs, and I know Hutch, our producer, is in the background there. Maybe it's a good thing because he's seen our, our picks all season. Okay. He's given a thumbs up. He likes it. We've, we've given picks all season. I'll speak for myself. I haven't been very good, right? I think I picked Nebraska over like Oklahoma or something like that. That was the one that uh, CB was giving us crap for. So uh, maybe that helps the Eagles. But I got Kansas City. I just think Mahomes looked healthier than I thought he was going to be two weeks ago. And he's whatever he's taking is working, I think. Um, so we will see. I may try to make pigs in a blanket on Sunday. So that's that's a development. I have no clue how to do that. I'm going to use Google slash YouTube as my friend speaking of YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe on the channel here, but uh, we will see what happens. Maybe I'll report back, but Hutch, I do hope the Eagles win, even though I have Kansas city winning. So and he just, he doesn't, he doesn't care. So that's going to be our show. We all the light poles in Philly. That's true. They're going to be going nuts there. I hope to see all the videos. Oh, I mean, Philly people, they're one of a kind. So uh, we love you, Hutch. Um, That is going to be our show for the day. Make sure to check us out at TheWolverine.com, $29.99, for premium access all the way through August 31st. As I said, hit the like button on the video. We appreciate you for doing that. Also, subscribe to our channel here, um, and we will see everyone next time.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament.